because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey of discovery into our inner lives, all the aspects of consciousness, thoughts, feelings, beliefs that help shape our experience with the outer world and how we can use these tools to help improve our experience in total life, both inner and outer. Now, one of the most important parts of life is death. If you live long enough, you'll lose the ones you love. If you don't, they'll lose you. Usually it's both. Now, a wise teacher of mine, Candace Silvers, was fond of saying, there are only two have-tos in life. You have to be born, and you have to die. Everything else you get to do. So with this dash that we get, you've seen it in Wikipedia or on a gravestone, such and such date, someone was born, then there's a little dash, and then the date in which this person died. And in between these dates is this dash, this dash of life. It's not very long. Sometimes it can seem like forever, <laughs> from one minute to the next, one hour, one day. But in the large picture, it really isn't that much time. So we want to make the most and the best of the time that we do have. And I've experienced a lot of death in my life here lately. I'm at the age, I'm in my late 50s, where people I know are starting to pass away. I've lost friends, peers, family, some very recently, and a couple that I actually was very present for the months and weeks and days and hours and even at the moment of their passing. And it's been a strange and oddly wonderful experience to be able to do that and to be there for these people. And I've been so grateful that at least these last two have been able to die at home and surrounded by friends and family and not off in some institution. That's not always possible for people. We don't always have the ability or the space uh, or the resources to care for somebody at end of life, but the hospice people are wonderful, and it's such an amazing thing to experience, and it's really, really sad, too. I lost my goldfish of eight years yesterday, and that's probably what prompted me to do this talk, this podcast on death and dying. Of course, it's inevitable. I'm sure I would have come around to it at some point, and I'll probably do more in the future because it is a big deal. It is a big thing. And I think the passing of my little fish sort of brought to the surface a lot of what I've experienced in these last few years with people very close to me passing away. And I'm wanting to talk about the dying process. We're all going to go through it. At some point, I came very close to death about 30 years ago in a plane crash. My, I don't even know if I could call it a near-death experience, even though quite literally I was near death. It wasn't like the ones you hear, somebody 
gets out of their body and looks down at the operating table or at the accident site. And there's a tunnel and people waiting for them. And somebody somewhere says, no, you have to go back and return back to the living world to finish out your mission, at least in this life. And that was not what I experienced. I was in the airplane and I called a mayday. I knew I was going to crash and I just naturally assumed I was going to die. And I had an incredible spiritual experience. It was really the opposite of a tunnel of light. It was more expansive. I was in outer space and I saw all the light. I didn't see my life flash before me. I saw all life, everyone's life, past, present, future. I even had a glimpse into my own future. At least that's how I interpreted the imagery and the voice that I heard as well, giving me a choice whether or not I wanted to live or die. And I knew it would probably be a tough road, and it certainly has been. Uh, of course, 30 years ago, <laughs> uh, since then, I've had 30 years of living. And yes, I am in a wheelchair and paraplegic and all that stuff. Uh, but it's been really uh, an amazing years that I've had. And I don't know how many more I have left. I assume I have quite a bit more. A lot of people live to be quite old in my family. Um, but regardless, I did choose to live. And sometimes I have to make that choice again. Sometimes it's every day. I remind myself when the going gets tough and things become very difficult. And that certainly happens to all of us in our lives at any stage, at any age. We can be faced with very big, very deep, sometimes very mysterious, very internal issues or feelings or thoughts that make you question your life and your time here and what it's all about. Is it worth it? Should it just end soon and be done with it? Uh, these things are natural to come up because life can be incredibly challenging, and it is, and death is, as Jim Morrison said, nobody here gets out alive. Um, it's true. But it's the life that you have during this dash between the dates, and it's how you exit. Okay, we're not really in control of how we enter the world, and due to accident and other unforeseen circumstances, we can certainly not at all be in control or even that aware of our demise when it comes. But if there's a decline or an illness or something debilitating and degenerative that will lead towards that, it's about quality of life. Not so much in my experience and my opinion. You certainly have, have your own with this, but to have a quality of life, a quality of death in that sense, that the final real will be as peaceful and as comfortable and as loving with family and friends around to help in this transition. You know, I think that's as much for the dying as it is for the living because it, it was so rewarding for me to spend these last months and weeks and days and hours and minutes with, with these two very close friends. And it helps me in the sense that I didn't save them. I don't know if you can. 
but I helped them. And it helped me knowing that I was just there. Sometimes just being there is the most we can do. And it's also the best we can do. There may be nothing better than that, than being there, than showing up. And then there's no wondering if somebody was in pain or somebody was alone or what it may have been like for them. If you ever have a chance to experience that, it's, you know, it's tough. It really, really is. Uh, And it's also quite amazing and wonderful. So I wouldn't trade these experiences. And I, I hope for a similar thing in my version of whatever that's going to be when my time comes in my final hours and days. Of course, we don't know. We can't predict that. You know, sometimes uh, when somebody passes, they're not aware of it. Cognitive decline can go along, sometimes precede the bodily disillusionment. But it brings up a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts, you know, a lot of why, (laughs) why now, why take this person from me? Somebody didn't deserve this. We wanted them around longer to spend more time together. Do you think of the things you didn't get to do? But you also think of the things that you did get to do and you have been able to do. There's people that I miss every day. And one in particular, I honestly feel that about 30% of our relationship, our connection, is still intact even though she's been dead over 10 years, that connection isn't lost. You know, death ends a life, but it doesn't end a relationship, at least for the living. You're still connected with that person, that life force, the experiences, the memories. You know, in the bad times too, <laughs> you know, those are, those are still part of it. And they always will be. But to recognize that and to honor that, is, I think, the best you can do for yourself and the other person. And as far as my role is and has been with these experiences, you know, sometimes it's not direct, it's indirect. It's, it's watching the kids and the grandkids <laughs> um, and playing with them and distracting them so they can be pulled out of the sadness that surrounds the event. Uh, And then the parent can spend time with their parent who's dying uh, and not have to worry about the kids. I've done that. Uh, Sometimes it's just holding someone's hand and telling them that it's okay. It's okay to let go. Hopefully the person has been able to make peace with that. That's been my experience so far is that as the time is nearing, once you're past the fighting, and there's an acceptance, and then at some point, they're ready, and they're okay with it, and the thing that lingers, that, like I said, in my experience, this is all I'm sharing, is that there's a concern with the dying that the living will be okay. Um, you know, both these two very close people who passed had daughters, Um, who had brought them in to pass at their house. And there was a sense that, you know, when a parent leaves, uh, is is the child going to be okay? You know, especially somebody you've raised. 
uh, when they were a baby and they weren't able to fend for themselves. Um, but both these young women were, uh, you know, are grown and have kids of their own. And so there's a reassurance, you know, again, I'm only offering my experience. If it sounds like advice, well, you can take it or leave it because everyone's experience dying and those who are with somebody who is loved and dying, uh, is unique to them. But the thing that I've found that seems to be consistent is this reassurance. And that really seemed to help that it's okay, that we will be okay. It's okay for you to die. And we will be okay. We will take care of the kids. We'll take care of the grandkids. Um, you've done everything you could. You've done a great job. You know, this reinforcing uh, that they lived right. They lived life the right way. And in this sense, also dying the right way. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong way, but it seems like there would be better or not so favorable ways to go about that. And it's really empowering in the sense that Yes, you cherish life maybe a little bit more. And in my age, in my late 50s, I'm, you know, these are peers of mine that have passed. And in the last, you know, four years, I've lost three of them. Uh, People I've known a long, long time, 30, 40 years, a childhood friend, a longtime bandmate, uh, played hundreds of gigs together. Um, You know, not just somebody you know, I mean, really involved part of your life. And it's, a loss uh, of anything in the future, uh, and it seems like everything's rooted in the past, but that does carry on to the future. You know, that memory, the experience in, say, like the last year uh, since my dear friend passed, um, I've been able, you know, talk with other people about, you know, the fun times. Uh, the not so good times. Uh, sometimes you hear somebody's voice, uh, like what they would say. There's been many times when it's like, geez, if I could only call Joey, you know, he would be able to answer this question. I'm trying to piece together something in my history, our shared history. And he was always like my go to guy. He remembered everything, remembered everybody's names and what we were doing in 1987 and, you know, all these details that uh, seemed to be lost on me. It's sort of been my my archivist (laughs) memory bank for that. But the memory goes on. The life lives on. And certainly through children, if that's the case, uh, because literally it's DNA that is passed down and quirks and uh, idiosyncrasies, little habits. Uh, You can see this person in their children and grandkids. Sometimes it skips a generation. So it doesn't really end, even though, yes, it is a death. And I can't say I helped somebody die. You know, it's like you can't really help somebody be born. Um, There can be a midwife or a doctor. There can be prenatal care. Uh, Certainly anything and everything the mother does during pregnancy and through birth and you know, early childhood is very significant, incredibly important. It really has a bearing on the well-being and the health and development 
of the child. So you're helping in that sense, but the rest is nature. Okay, it kind of happens anyway. Same with death. You know, what you can do is comfort the people around. You can comfort the person. Again, let them know that you're okay. The kids will be okay. They did it right. They lived your life. Always remember, thank them for being in your life. Even say that they're missed or will be missed. And we'll see you at some point (laughs) when my time comes. I'm sure we'll all be reunited. And it also brings up questions or thoughts about, well, what is death? You know, what happens after? You know, I've long thought of this question. And it seems to me that maybe the answer to that question is also the answer to the question, where were you before you were born? Maybe it's the same place. It is a holding pattern, this place where the soul is waiting to be born into a body. And then when the body passes, that the soul returns to this ocean or sea or land uh, where the souls reside. Is it a one-time thing? You get one life and then that's it, total blankness. I have some atheist friends and very practical uh, scientific thinkers that really don't want to go there when it comes to thoughts of the afterlife and after death. And, And that's okay too. You know, maybe we get some version of whatever we believe. I imagine because I've had a near-death experience and I've talked with other people over the years who have as well, uh, that life continues. Okay, maybe it's heaven, maybe it's this eternal place where then you rest and everything's wonderful and uh, there are no wounds or pains or anything like that. Because a lot of times when people are passing, they're suffering. Um, Certainly emotionally with the death itself, if they're cognizant, of their position, but there's actual, you know, physical suffering. So anything you can do to alleviate somebody's pain, again, hospice cares is just outstanding. I have uh, just been so amazed at these people and what they're able to do and how just grateful I am that there are people like that. I don't know if I could do it. I actually did a lot better than I thought under these circumstances through these experiences. I didn't really want to find out, but here we are. And it can be a mystery. And I think it, in some ways, has to remain a mystery what lies beyond. But that it could be comforting to know that there is an eternal life. The body has a finite life. The soul, according to my belief, and it's the belief of Hindus and Buddhists and Christians and lots of, you know, people, whether you're affiliated with a religion or not, is that there's some kind of afterlife, okay? Some living on forever. And in the case of reincarnation, you're going to come back at some point. Now, I don't believe in the punishment reincarnation that if you were a bad person or did bad things during your life, you're going to come back as a cockroach or a subway rat or some unfavorable animal like that. I think if you're a human, you're probably going to come back as a human. And if you didn't get it right, 
As a matter of fact, if you got some things very, very wrong, your next life, you have to pick it up where you left off. And you may have to right those wrongs, and it may take many, many lifetimes. It may take hundreds of lifetimes it may take to be able to fulfill your mission, to mature completely, to reach that point where you don't have to come back. You know, that's nirvana. That's the enlightenment, the moksha. It is where you have fulfilled all your earthly duties and responsibilities. I'm a firm believer in that this earth life experience that we have is a school. It's a huge one-room schoolhouse, and we're not all at the same level or same grade. You know, you hear people talk about, oh, he's an old soul. Maybe that is somebody that's been around many, many times before, and they seem to be able to navigate in such a way that somebody else hasn't. And that's okay. Maybe we are developing through lifetimes at different rates and at different stages along the way. Certainly within a lifetime, you can grow and mature physically, intellectually, spiritually, psychologically. And I think that's the goal and that's the mission here on earth is to learn and to grow and to share what you've learned through this growth with others. And that's what I'm doing here with this podcast. And I do it in life anyway. I've been doing this forever and a day as long as I can remember. You know, if I learn something and find out something interesting or really cool, the first thing I want to do is tell somebody and share that. And I find that rewarding. And I just wanted to spend this time talking a little bit about death and dying. And I guess as I get older, I'm not as afraid for my own mortality. I know it's more and more inevitable. Um, The sands are honestly running out. Um, But that's not as important as what you do during this time that you have left. So these recent deaths for me have, have put sort of a I don't know if it's a referendum, I'm not sure the right word I want to use, but it's put a point on the rest of my life, and I don't have time to screw around, and there aren't things to be put off. Oh, someday I'd love to get around to that. Well, these days are today, and if I have 30 more years, well, today I'm working on those things. If it's 20 years, if it's, you know, who knows? I want to spend as much of that time doing as much as I can and leaving behind more, like a body of work, through this podcast, through my writing, through other things, movies, music, anything that I've been involved with that can be fixed in some sort of form that will outlive me uh, to share with others, as others have left behind for me. Some of my greatest teachers have been people that have passed decades, even hundreds, thousands of years ago, because they left behind some words and some great thoughts, some amazing stories, some incredible music. And for the people that I have known in this life that have passed, they've given me memories and connections that could never be replaced. And I will cherish always, and I will carry this experience with their lives, to share with their kids, with their grandkids, 
as time goes on, as I sure hope someone will <laughs> do with me when my time comes. So hopefully you have lots of time left, and hopefully you'll make the most and the best out of however much time that is, because you're needed. We're all needed to provide and to leave behind something in this world for the next person. And also, if reincarnation really is a thing, set yourself up <laughs> for a better next life, all right? You'll make it easier on a future you if you take care of some things here and now while you're living this life. So that's a little bit about death, a little bit about dying, just some thoughts to share with you because it's all an inner experience. And I don't know if I've helped anybody die or die better. I think I've tried. But what I can say is I've helped them get to the crossing. Okay, I hadn't helped anybody cross over. That's for entities or spirit guides or whatever there may be. But I think I took them to the shore where the ferryman will take them across and to wherever that leads in the life hereafter. Well, I helped get them there. All right. Well, thank you for <laughs> letting me spend a little bit of time with you. And I want to know what your thoughts are and feelings are about this subject and anything else that we talk about here on Living the Inner Life.